0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com.
1: You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky.
2: What's going on, everybody? It is early. A little peek behind the scenes. 6, 17 a.m. on Monday morning uh, after uh, the Eagles had their first um, fan-attended, we'll call it, uh, live open practice at Lincoln Financial Field Sunday night. Um, It was practice number 10, and the offense was coming off one of their worst (laughs) performances in in a training camp practice. Uh, in practice number nine, I thought they bounced back a little bit. Uh, Brandon uh, Lee Gaulton here with me, as always, from Bleeding Green Nation, and I am Jimmy Kemsky from com. Brandon, how do you like these open practices, by the way?
1: I like them, Jimmy, selfishly, because we sit up in our ivory tower, our cushy press box where there's air conditioning. It air is, air is nice to get tickets. a different vantage point, too on these practices. and see the whole practice yes. yeah not have to like miss anything because there's players standing in the way or anything and uh, the energy of the fans is fun too you know like mm-hmm. when there's a big play and fans are excited that's nice to see uh, jimmy it's the first time really i was thinking since the playoff loss to the seahawks that the link i think had that much that many people in it um you know obviously there were some fans for sure last year yeah. but it was very limited and I'm was like
2: 7500 or something like that i think
1: and they were all spread out, too. Yeah, so They were yeah, yeah. spread out, so it just it did, didn't have the same vibe. And obviously, like, face masks and COVID was happening, so it's just, you know, and the team was really bad. So and it a lot of them were, like,
2: friends and family of, of the players, too.
1: Right. And also, I think when fans were still there, Jalen Hurts wasn't the starting quarterback, you know, so a different kind of a dynamic, right, too. Right, right. Um, so, before we get into t- today's notes this morning's notes as uh, i run on a couple hours of sleep here um uh bgn radio brought to you by righteous felon craft jerky go to righteousfelon.com use discount code bgn for 15% off the best meat snacks you can get and other non meat snacks as well and then wildnaturepet.com the best dog treats you can get same discount code bgn15 for 15% off dog snacks at wildnaturepet.com jimmy why don't you give me your first observation from yesterday night's practice? Wadi well,
2: went there and watched this practice, could see that the star of that practice was Quez Watkins, who had three highlight rail catches uh, in front of the fans. He had high pointed a deep ball over uh, Craig James early in the practice in the end zone. He had a diving, like full extension catch near the goal line uh, during a red zone period. And then one of the plays at the camp so far. Uh, wasn't as wasn't as good as uh, Jalen Rager's one handed grab in the back of the end zone. I think that's still the play of the camp. But uh, he high pointed uh, another deep ball uh, over Anthony Harris. It was like a little bit of a bobble at first, Uh, like he didn't catch it cleanly initially. But he stayed with it, caught it, brought it in, and then sort of ended uh, like when he landed. uh, It was sort of like a somersault. And uh, I was watching. I was like, did he did he come? Did he did he catch that? And uh, sure enough, he did. And then also, just generally speaking, in one on ones, um, yeah, you know, I thought he ran like really nice routes and, and got good separation. We we talked previously in another uh, podcast episode about how you know specifically he worked on uh, his route running this off season, being able to control his speed, uh, and, and change speeds, and stuff like that. So it's difficult for uh, defensive backs to sort of mirror and match him, and uh, you can see that on the field in that uh, he is he is a little bit more savvy and smooth. Uh, in running these routes and and i think he really has legitimately he had a good camp last year too but i think he's legitimately taken a step forward this year Quez watkins has been
1: the eagles best receiver in training camp i think that's right? fair yeah i think like, that's fair yeah, i mean obviously devontae smith hasn't been practicing if he was it'd probably be him um but uh yeah i i feel better honestly if i'm being honest to me which i always try to be here on VGN radio uh like I feel better about Quez Watkins than I do Jalen Rager, just based on what we're seeing. Like, I, like Quez is making like, legitimate highlight plays regularly and consistently uh, too. Yeah, yeah, consistently, and also like he's one in different ways. Like we've talked about the route mm-hmm. running. We've, like he's this is now multiple times, and even just the one practice where, and I and I also remember him doing this in one on ones, like in one of his first practices back uh, from you know being uh, missing some practice time early in camp due to illness, like where. He's leaping catches. Like he's you don't think of Quez Watkins as like a jump ball guy, but he can. He can make in a contested catch and it's really impressive. Another play that I saw that I don't know if you were referring to uh I think it was on seven on seven and Flacco just left like an absolute hospital ball out there for, for Quez uh and he caught it and he took a big hit from Marcus Epps, who we'll talk about a little bit later in practice, yeah. and he held on and you actually thought he got like hurt. And like wasn't like practicing because you saw him <laughs> right. standing near Devonte and uh, who else, Wh- whoever. He else. talked to or some John. trainers,
2: and then he and he went over and he was hanging out with Devonte Smith and John Hightower, who are the mm-hmm. two receivers that are currently not practicing. So I thought, then- oh, he's, he's he might be done for the rest of the day. But he came back very quickly. In fact, he was the gunner on mm-hmm. special teams, which is noteworthy because you know, many, you know how many you know how many special teams snaps he played as a rookie zero correct that's correct so if uh, they're carving out a role for him on special teams then uh you know that the, the, all the more value he can bring the better for for you yeah. know for him and his future with the team special teams coordinator michael
1: clay after a practice the other day recently said like gunners are his babies he loves he loves a gunner mm-hmm. special teams especially so yeah so a uh, really good practice request i i put i was writing about it uh, I think in my 53-man roster projection, and even tweeting about it, uh, or uh, it's funny after that first catch he made on one-on-one over Craig James on Sunday night, and I'm like, they have to get him more reps at the first team, like give him more looks, see what he can do against better competition, because he keeps he keeps making plays, and he keeps doing this, you know, like do the for the rest of the summer, uh, like I don't think he's going to be, you know, flat out starting over anyone, but like you have to play him if he keeps yeah. continuing to look this good, because he's looking pretty good.
2: Yeah, and I think your point that he's making plays in a variety of ways is is, is on point. Um, it's actually kind of funny because like if you watch his like college highlight reel, he did make his share of contested catches, which you wouldn't expect of a receiver his size. Like what is he like six foot, like one ninety something ish. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been encouraging to see him you know come out and have an even better camp than he had a year ago when he also had a good camp. All right, so you started with Watkins,
1: on and switch it over to the defense and show some love to Epsi because I think Mark okay. Zepps had a good practice for
2: I didn't note uh, him in
1: my notes and I probably should have, but you're right. Yeah. I, I agree. He had a good he had a good day. And it's and you've mentioned it's been a quiet camp for him, and I totally agree, uh, until tonight or last night. Uh, he had good position to knock down a Joe Flacco kind of float pass to Jack Stoll in the left corner, front left corner to the end zone to prevent a touchdown. So I saw that. I saw him having that big hit on Watkins, you know, so some physicality. And then uh, he picked off Joe Flacco at one point and then the whole team celebrated. So he made some plays and, uh, you know, he's obviously he's been rotating in the first team along with Kayvon Wallace throughout camp. I think Epps is kind of like a forgotten player
2: uh, in some regards. And I thought he had a really good practice. Yeah, I'm just going to pull up his his stats from last year real quick. But uh, as I do that, I'll note that, um, you know, I did a deep dive look at him this offseason. And the thing that stood out positively about his game is his ball skills. Like he had a a, like a an odd number of um, like he had. okay, so I have it here. He had four pass breakups. But in like not that much action, he actually had 47 tackles, <laughs> even though like I thought tackling like was it was a pretty big concern uh, of, of his last season. Like he, he had a lot of missed tackles. Uh, but as far as the ball skills go, he, he had he had uh, four pass breakups. And then, you know, as we noted on, on the previous podcast, he had, he, had a, he had a couple of interceptions, one of which was like really nice week 17 against uh, Washington, where um, uh, it was like a swing pass to the flat to the running back. And he kind of got there at the same time as the ball and he kind of tackled the runner while also just ripping the ball away from him. So uh, he is aware of, um of like the ball being in the air, whereas a lot of guys aren't like, they're just trying to, you know, sort of make the play on the receiver. Whereas Marcus Epps really tries to make a, a play on the ball. And he, and he did that last night. Uh, what is your next observation, Jimmy? So I would like to thank, um, uh, it's one of the fans in attendance last night at talking that's without the G 215 uh, who helped with uh, our field goal coverage because normally during practices we're on the field and I'll tag team that uh, with other reporters whether it, whether it be uh, Brandon or uh, Jeff McLean or uh, Dave Zangaro um, like somebody will get the distance like they'll stand on the sideline and they'll mark the distances of each kick. And uh, I'll stand under the uprights and I'll just see if they went through or not. Now, uh, being confined to the press box, didn't have the ability to be under the goalposts to see, to see if Jake Elliott's kicks were, were good or not. So uh, I tweeted, you know, before practice began, you know, can somebody, can somebody attending this practice help me with field goals? And he volunteered and he sat like. Uh, 11 or 12 rows up from the from the uh the end zone and he watched as uh, kicks went through and uh he not only confirmed good or not good but he actually charted like he drew goal posts on on his notepad and he charted like exactly where the ball went through so that was sort of next level but uh, anyway um you know we noted uh, that Jake Elliott had missed two of his first six kicks So whenever he does kicking sessions, he typically will kick uh, six field goals and he missed two of those six, almost missed a third on a shorter kick. uh, And, you know, he made our, actually, I think he was my loser of the day that day. And um, uh, since then he's had two more kicking sessions and has been six for six. Uh, in in those last two and he even made a 53 yarder uh, last night so uh, you, we we've noted the bad with with jake and uh, now that he's come out and he's had uh, a couple of perfect sessions since then it's only fair to note that uh that the, the positive and you know he's 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 kind of gotten uh back on track
1: yeah good to see definitely in that regard jake's making the kicks as jason peters once said no more misses uh and that's what he's doing uh, on the special teams i'll stay there real quick because I, I had seen you you had uh tracked how aaron sibas had did pretty good basically with his uh directional slash short punting and you you had mentioned uh he had like uh punts down to like the 12 the 12 the 10 12 the 11 6 10 and the 7 and i just wanted to mention that like you know Throughout camp, when I've been tim- timing his hang time on like punts that, you know, clearly weren't trying to down here, like this this was a shorter hang time but on like regular punts, it's been pretty good. I think I've had it around like 4.7 or so. That's like, okay. if you look at like the NFL as a whole, like that's up there, top of the league. So, you know, it's a practice setting. We'll see how he does in the real games when there's, you know, real pump block pressure on him. But like so far, I I think he's going to be the guy. I know you wanted your competition, Jimmy, but I've seen like from everything we've seen at Sipas seems like they're not like he's not like some joke. And they're definitely going to have to replace him. I think they seem like they're going to move
2: forward with him. Yeah. Back in the day, Donnie would uh, Donnie Jones would like have he'd have like a string of punts that were over five seconds. And like you get anything over five, that's really good. And he'd max out at like 5.4 something, which uh, like nobody was touching, like nobody's touched that since or before him. Uh, He was sort of the goat in terms of uh, hang time, but 4.7, you can do that consistently. Like that's, that's, that's okay. That's fine. But uh, the directional punting is sort of where Donnie was awesome. Like he would, he was, he was good at angling kicks uh, outside the hash marks and also, kind of putting them, uh, you know, deep closer to the goal line. That stuff matters more than just being able to blast punts away for distance and and whatever. Um, what you want to be really good at is is when you're kicking from around midfield and uh you know backing the opposing offense up and uh and we haven't seen supposed do that really uh during practices yet and it was good that they did that during the open practice to get like the uh the overhead vantage point so uh we probably talked a little bit too much about punting already here but uh but i I was encouraged about about uh you know the 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 consistency with which he was landing balls around the 10-yard line uh just quick injury news
1: that probably should have mentioned at the top uh brandon brooks has been upgraded to a limited mm-hmm. participant in practice dealing with this hamstring strain previously only practiced in one full practice. So that's a good sign. And then Isaac Sumalo has also uh, dealing with the hamstring injury and hasn't practiced at all in camp was upgraded to day to day after previously being listed as week to week. So those are two positive developments for the offensive line. Uh, good to see in that regard. But my They've next. Been more honest
2: me, about their injury reporting so far this year. than I was been... the liar. <laughs> yes. <At least> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um
1: and him alone uh yes it's true at least so far we'll see you know we'll, we'll see right. how that continues especially in the real game start but uh jalen rager uh wanted to mention him Jimmy, because he was invisible on saturday's practice after he had his best day mm-hmm. on thursday and uh i thought he was more up and down today he beat steve nelson nice stop and go yep route one on ones for a deep reception. That was a, like a nice flash play, and it kind of made me think yet again. Rager's really showing up in one on one. Like he's he's done good things consistently, kind of in one on one. But like when he gets to team drills, like you're just not seeing. He's not as present in those, which kind of matters obviously slightly more. Um, he had a good leaping catch on a ball that I thought was thrown a little too high from Joe Flacco at one point during team drills. So that was also good, though, to his credit. Now I think like I I didn't see him do this, but I heard like he dropped a. Uh, the ball like a jet sweep rushing attempt, which also just went nowhere. I saw, I saw that part of it. And then he also had a drop on the last play of practice from Joe Flacco. So kind of a mixed bag for him.
2: Yeah. The stutter go is nice because he not only, I mean, he smoked Steve Nelson, the ball is like slightly underthrown, and he kind of had to wait for it a little bit. And even with that, it still wasn't even a contested catch because he had such a, a big gap in uh in separation from from Nelson. So that was good to see. Uh, but yeah it was up and down from him but and uh but I, I think again as long as he's showing some positive stuff, then that's fine. Uh the sort of the the uh, like conversely, um, to like what you mentioned where he's been good in one-on-ones, but you know, less impressive during 11 on 11s. I'd say the opposite of that has been Travis Fulgham so far Mm. who has made a, you know, like a a decent number of catches uh, in 11 on 11s, but it's looked really like just coverable in one-on-ones like Steven Nelson has, has clearly won his, like Steven Nelson is mainly who Fulgham has gone against in one-on-ones and Fulgham has, I think, sort of definitively, um, you know, gotten a better of those matchups in one-on-ones. Mm. So um, I don't know what to make of that, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he did have uh, so, some, uh, some you know, catches in 11-11s in the open practice and throughout camp. And I thought that he was the recipient of uh, probably Jalen Hurts, one of, one of Jalen Hurts' best passes of camp. And we'll get to Jalen Hurts after the uh, break, I think. But one of his best camp, uh, passes of camp was uh, sort of this teardrop. That uh, he dropped in the bucket um, down the sideline to Fogum. Fogum was able to make like a, a nice uh, over the head, tough to locate kind of catch while also keeping his feet in bounds. So uh, that was sort of a highlight reel type of play as well during Eleven on Elevens. And nice to see from Fulgham, who we, we've talked about, like, has kind of left a little
1: too many of these plays on the field. not necessarily yeah, he dropped finished on but that like, one for sure. Yeah. yeah, not making, like, these tough plays that have been there to be made. So good to see uh, in that case. But, yeah, you teased Jalen Hurts, Jimmy, so we'll get to that after the break. Before we go to the break, obviously I want to tell you about Righteous, Felon, Kraft, Jerky. By going to RightToSellEm.com, you can use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Why do I talk about it so much? Well, because it's a really great snack. And I'm not just saying that. Everyone who's had it has really enjoyed it as far as I know. It's seen a lot of positive reviews. I've had it before. There's a big variety of flavors to check out. So give it a try, especially when you're getting a discount code and it's helping support not only a local business, but BGN Radio as well. Your favorite podcast people, Jimmy and me. Uh, Jimmy.
2: Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors how do yes, I call her if you're looking to buy or sell your house call Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors 856-906-9295 in fact she just walked by the window and drove off in her car somewhere uh waved morning. yeah I don't yeah. know where she's going but uh, she's she's hustling and bustling
1: that's that's what taking, you want taking care of business that's yeah, right yeah. she's she's getting work done she's up so, and at them yeah alright Back here on BGN Radio, episode 203. Who cares? Until we're 97 more episodes in, and then we'll probably care about 300. Um, Jimmy talked about Jalen Hurts. I thought he rebounded on the whole from a very terrible practice as a whole for the offense on Saturday, which everyone obviously wrote about and made a big deal about. And before practice, Nick Sirianni was asked, uh, kind of what he thought of that practice, basically, or he commented on that practice, and he said it was kind of more even or whatever, yeah. back and forth. Uh, <laughs> well, he said he, left,
2: he said he walked off the field thinking that like that practice sucked, um, and then later when he watched the film, he said it wasn't. It was more even than he uh, thought. No. no, come on, Nick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all we all saw it, Nick. Come on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Jalen Hurts, I thought, did rebound uh, t- uh, on Sunday night. Not a perfect practice. There were lows, but uh, I liked how he used his mobility to create offense. I thought he was especially good late in practice when they were actually doing, like, Mm -hmm. two-minute drill and, like, scrimmaging kind of more so. Like, he, in a natural kind of game flow environment, he seemed to kind of exceed. Now, again... Or excel, I should say. But again, you know, there's no real pressure. Teams can't, you know, actually go after him. So that kind of helps. But uh, yeah, but he used his mobility to create plays outside of structure. You saw that with the Quez Watkins big play where he actually rolled left, you know, so he was not even yeah. he was right-handed for those, you know, who don't have that at top of mind, so like that's not the easiest thing to do. And I like the fact that unlike Carson Wentz in the past, like he's willing to give his wide receivers a chance to make a play on the ball. Like I like that quality about Jalen Hurts. We saw some of that last year when he came in. I think that's a good, that's a necessary trait for a quarterback to have. Like having that faith and confidence in your receivers to uh, do their part. So that was good. You mentioned the Fulgham throw earlier. I thought that was a really good throw. Uh, down the right sideline for like a 30-plus yard gain. Fulkin got like one foot and one knee. All he needed is the one knee, but he, he got both of those in to get in, so it's a tough catch along the sideline. Uh, I had him down on the negative for getting picked off, almost getting picked off by Eric Wilson on a short throw over the middle. Uh, he also missed Boston Scott uh, in the back right of the end zone. I think that was like kind of knocked down by Kayvon Wallace, or it, it was contested. Uh, but then maybe the worst throw was when he was, he just straight up overthrew Dallas Goddard in what could have been a touchdown during red zone, 11 on 11. So, uh, I mentioned the good, there's bad too. What did you make of it?
2: Yeah. The Goddard throw, um, is just sort of an example of what we see. So for anyone that attended the open practice, like I thought this was actually like one of his better practices and Mm -hmm. even, even with that, like he was up and down. So, um, You know, the teardrop pass that I mentioned earlier in the podcast was really nice. And as you mentioned, like, he made a lot of athletic plays where, like, he got out of the pocket extended plays and made strong throws down the field while on the run. So that's all, like, good. Like, he does have sort of that, um, you know, make something out of nothing skill set. But the easy throws, like, he just, like, he it's not automatic. Like, there are quarterbacks in the NFL that, like, the throw that you mentioned to Goddard. They make that play in their sleep consistently, and with Hertz, they're more of an adventure. Like if you have an open receiver, he, what was Goddard like, fifteen like fifteen yards down the field, roughly on that throw, and um mm-hmm. he was open, not like super open, but he was open. Like he open. He, he should have been hit, and uh, Hertz just sailed it over his head. And I think that's sort of like where he's going to be frustrating uh, this season and and for the foreseeable future until he gets these accuracy issues ironed out is there are gonna be plays to be made on the field that he doesn't make. And then there are going to be plays that aren't there that he turns into something. So on the one hand you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna be happy with some of the plays that he makes, but on the other hand, it's gonna be frustrating to watch him leave these easier plays uh on the field. Almost like Wentz did a year ago, really, where he wasn't hitting the quote unquote layups and such. Um I like that you mentioned uh he's willing to give his receivers a chance to make plays like you could see how uh like Alshon Jeffrey, for example, was a more effective player with <laughs> Nick Foles, who, as you put it previously, uh, you know, he, he liked the the YOLO balls. <laughs> Whereas uh Carson Wentz is um uh I guess like the way that he was more adventurous was in holding onto the ball for a long time and trying to make plays and having the ball kind of get knocked out of his hands and fumbling and whatever. Um, but the other, the other sort of knock that I'll that I'll put on Hurts from last night is that the ball just doesn't come out quickly at all. Mm. I mean, there are so many, and we mentioned like it, it being a positive, him getting out of the pocket, and making plays off schedule. But there's yeah. too much of it, in my opinion. There's just he's yeah. just not going to have that kind of time uh, in a real game. And I'd like to see more effort being put in this time of year when this is the time where you can kind of grow and fix that kind of thing get better at at making quick throws just haven't seen that at all this camp if i'm not mistaken the fulgum throw was
1: from the pocket like that was in structure so that was good to see oh the teardrop throw yeah i I would agree yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so there's some of that but yeah And, and it is nice to have the ability to create outside of structure but i don't think i just don't think that can be your entire offense like you have to like at some point, you know, make the throws from the pocket and run the offense and be in structure. And then, you know, there's going to be certain plays or moments when things break down and you have to make a play. It's guess, a, like a fine line, as Doug Pearson likes to say. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, I, I think on the whole, you know, my opinion on Hurts hasn't changed from what I said, basically the last practice. Um, although, you know, I thought it was fitting that he looked a little bit better in front of everyone at the link and maybe has some people like, Oh, you know, these reporters, they're just making it seem like, <laughs> I don't think he played. Really I don't is. think he played that well last night okay. where anyone's
2: going to be spiking the football.
1: Right. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, well, it bad and good. It's bad for the sake of maybe the team, but good for the sake of me uh, not being a liar. Hopefully uh, Jimmy I have a couple of questions. I wanted to get to, unless you had any observations left.
2: Uh, yeah, I think I do. You mentioned actually Eric Wilson. I don't have in my notes, but I think it's worth noting that I think on the whole, he's had a, he's had a pretty good camp and, um, you know, he's one of these guys like with, uh, Anthony Harris and Ryan Kerrigan and Steve Nelson that signed these one year deals that are all either going to be starting or playing some sort of, you know, noteworthy role, but he especially is going to be playing a big role being probably the guy that, uh, you know, is getting the defense set up, um, He'll probably have the the you know the the radio in his helmet, uh, and I think that he's generally uh, had a had a nice camp. And uh, by the way, uh, on the injury front too, like, did we mention Alex Singleton was back during the last podcast? Because if yeah. not, he's back. And uh, you know, I saw him, you know, sort of uh, mostly being in the right spot. So I think those two linebackers, if they're the starters, Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton, I don't think you're going to see either of those guys. You know, make the all-pro team, (laughs) but I think they're they're going to be a a much more competent duo than than what the Eagles had to start the season a year ago.
1: Especially, I think benefiting too from still what should be a relatively strong defensive line, and then an improved secondary on paper at least uh, behind them. I think that you know helps them out too. It's being on a better defense. Uh, One last thing I had I forgot is that Tyree Jackson can. Oh yeah 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 right of course yep and make plays, and I think it's pretty clear. I think we already were at this point, but it seems pretty clear to me, like, you have to keep him on the roster. Like, I don't think you're willing to risk losing him uh, on, on waivers, because there could be a team out there that makes a claim for him. I think he's shown too much potential, especially in just such a short amount of time, too. Like, this is his first offseason, moving from quarterback to tight end, and he already looks like pretty natural uh for where you would expect he'd be like joe Flacco, just flackham joe Flacco almost <laughs> trusts him implicitly like he's thrown to him all the time like he's like that's his go-to guy basically uh, i feel like with the second team and uh, i like tyree getting a touchdown on sunday evening and dunking it with authority uh authority uh, over the goal the cross the crossbar uh now Tyree, that's a penalty in the game. So I hope I hope he kind of knows that. Don't do that in the games. But I, that I like thing the, shook
2: for a solid minute after that dunk. Yeah, it was almost the goalpost like was J- like it was like shaking pretty violently initially, and it kept going for like, like like at least a minute.
1: It was almost like when Jimmy Graham did it and like like it broke the goalpost or whatever. <laughs> like I, mean, it was, I was like worried it was gonna like you know like fall down or something because uh, he's a big man, big powerful man. So uh, yeah, Tyree continues to excel. And I
2: think it's clear that he should be tight end three. I'm already forgetting the uh, tight end that they cut to many people's chagrin at 53 man cutdowns last year. Went to the Colts. Who am I? What's his name? I know who it is, and (laughs) I just it was. (laughs) I'm totally blanking uh, on his name. Noah Tongiay. Noah Tongiay. Okay, so here's how I'll put it: Like Tyree Jackson has made has already made more plays than Noah Tongiay did last year, and people were upset that Tongiay got cut. Like, uh, well, well, I I don't think it wasn't like tongue. I was like, just
1: like, can't miss kind of player. It was like, they cut him when they also, I think the anger, at least for me, was like, why are you keeping all on the roster? Like there's no good reason to like
2: lose him. Basically. It wasn't even like
1: losing him specifically. It was like the principle
2: of it. To be clear, I'm not saying that the criticism on cutting him in favor of having Alshon Jeffrey occupy a roster spot for no good reason yeah. for 10 weeks when he should have just been stayed on the pup list mm. with you there. But what I, the point I'm trying to make like is Tyree Jackson has shown yes. way more than this player that, you know, we, we both agreed like shouldn't have been cut yeah. uh, last year. So yeah, he's going to make the roster almost certainly in my opinion at this point. Um, but you look at like who they're going to keep, like Goddard's going to make the team, obviously Dick Rod will be on the team. And then to be determined what happens with Zach Ertz. But even if Zach Ertz is back, uh, in in that unlikely event, uh, I still think he, Ertz is going to get traded. But even if Ertz is back, I think they keep four tight ends because he has shown hmm. enough that he is one hundred percent worth developing over time. Because he's got he's just huge. He's one of the biggest players on the team, and uh, he's he's like his route running is a needs some work. But he's got the height. You just throw it high. You, you let him go get it. And I can't recall any drops at all. And in this last open practice, like he took two hits in the back while he was making the catch and was able to hang on to both of them. So uh, it was good to see the fans get a taste of uh, what he has shown through the first two weeks of camp. That was probably his best practice, too. Like he has clearly been Joe Flacco's favorite target when the teams have been out there. And he had uh, there's like three consecutive plays where he made catches during that practice. So, um he's he's not only like making plays on the ball that we go, "Ooh, that's pretty good." But he's making a lot of catches too. So, the volume has been there
1: as well. Totally agree. Uh let's get on to some questions. These are taken from the Bleeding Green Nation Apple Podcast ratings and reviews section, which you can, you know, get in on this by leaving a five-star rating and review. You can ask any question you want and we will have to answer it legally uh or else Punishment of death. So uh That's Jimmy. So well, you know, I don't make the rules here. These okay. are just, you know, written in our contracts. Uh so what we have here first is subject Great Eagles podcast from this nickname is also taken to number two. Uh all right, I'll start out by saying I love the shows put out by BGN especially and Radio. BLG, question for you. So question for me, Jimmy. Uh, are you genuinely down on this year's team? Or are you just setting the bar very low so you're not disappointed at the end of the season? And Jimmy, the way I think I may have put this before, if not on this podcast somewhere else, is that the Eagles don't deserve benefit of the doubt. That's where I'm at with the team. Like, they lost that for the, for, the, for how they've trended since the Super Bowl. I'm not just going into the season assuming everything is going to be fine and they totally know what they're doing. No, like I, I think it's okay to have hope if you want to be there. But to me, they have to prove it. I'm not giving them the automatic benefit of the doubt. They have not earned that. They lost the the right to that, in my opinion. So that's, that's basically how I think about it.
2: Yeah, I have them around like 6 and 11 five and 12. <laughs> so like, I don't think they're going to be very good this year personally. And uh, it's not because I'm trying to set low expectations or anything. I'm just, I just am looking at what I'm seeing in practice every day. And I'm looking at their roster compared to other rosters around the league. And I, I think, um, you know, I the, the off season has been fine. Like they they've done the right thing in terms of, um, you know, acquiring these multiple picks in 2022 which are earmarked out I'm, I'm pretty certain for a quarterback uh, at some point if Jalen Hurts doesn't prove to be, you know, sort of, quote-unquote, the guy in 2021. So I think that's the right approach, um, and they're probably heading in the right direction. They'll have more cap space than they did this this year, and maybe can make. they'll have more flexibility to make some moves, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, but I think this season is going to be a struggle. I mean, at the very, like
1: – essence the very core if you're simplifying it down i know a lot of people like to say like well their trenches are good and sure i think there's there is some strength in the trenches but like not winning the super bowl only on strength of trenches like that's that's important but like the quarterback is kind of the number one thing right and the quarterback just hasn't looked great so i think you have to think about that too like i think something that people might like lose or we might not have perspective on is like other teams have a lot of quarterbacks are pretty good and probably better than Jalen Hurts like if you're ranking Jalen Hurts among the NFL starters I just don't think he's like super high up there I just don't I don't I don't see how you could say that even if he's improving I just don't see how he's in that category and I think that's a a big deterrent uh they they can win the division
2: like sure but what does that mean Washington has Brian Fitzpatrick as their quarterback and Dallas has you know a hurt Dak Dak Prescott like they're talking about, like, oh, he should be ready for the start of regular season. <laughs> well, he didn't play at all. Like, he, if 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 they're talking like that, there's a good chance he's barely going to play at all the rest of training camp and not at all in the preseason. You know how rusty is he going to be without you know that 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 time on the practice field in addition to missing the last eleven games of the season last year? And the Giants, in my opinion, are just trash. So like like the they can they can they win the division sure, but again like you and i are of the uh, opinion mindset whatever that uh that doesn't really matter like it the the goal should be to be a super bowl contender not an NFC east contender um and you know i they're not there I, they're 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 certainly not super bowl contenders and again i think they're heading in the right in the right uh, in the right direction but they don't have the foul, the firepower right now and that's not like you know i don't think that's like being quote unquote a hater or anything like that. It's just sort of an acknowledgement of what they are as a, as a franchise right now. In
1: doing my latest 53 man roster protection for bleedinggreennation.com, I saw a number of people in the comments who were like, Ugh, "Like that offense, like the, the offense, how that's shaping up, like not really feeling like amazing about that, you know, maybe outside of the trenches. So I uh, wanted to note that real quick. Second question, Jimmy, comes from DSF six. Sorry, DSF 260. I almost said 620. Common mistake. Oh, my God. Uh, headline. Great training camp coverage. Uh, question for BGN Radio. In your opinion, which BGN on-air personality, current or recently departed? So shout out to Benjamin Solak, who's now at the Ringer. Congratulations to him. I don't think we ever mentioned that, by the way, on the pod. Congrats to Ben. Um, uh, Sounds the most inebriated when played at one half speed. Mm. So y- y- you ever do that, Jimmy? You ever listen to a podcast on yes. half speed? Well, the per- this person's vote is for you as being this person so
2: okay uh do you agree why would anyone play at half speed i I understand the logic of playing it like sped up so that you can get through an episode more quickly um but sure i mean i spent most of my 20s inebriated so (laughs) (laughs) so you have experience so yeah there's plenty of experience there uh so sure i'm not offended by that by all means
1: uh, maybe because they enjoy it, enjoy it so much they want to listen to it. You know, make it even longer. Uh, no, I think you know maybe just for fun, for the fun of it, like hearing someone's voice slowed down. Maybe because I talk too fast. It's not me because I talk too fast. I feel like I talk fast on the radio too.
2: I don't think, but you, you, do. De- you definitely talk fast. For well, yeah, sure. Thank
1: you yeah. for pointing that out. Um, <laughs> making me feel even more self-conscious about it. Yeah, I, I got to try to work on that. Uh, I think. It's just kind of who I am at this point, though. I try to do my best. Um, I I listened to myself on 1.5, and it was a little bit better than I thought. It wasn't like unmanageable, Um, but whatever. No one cares about this. So uh, (laughs) MVPs, LVPs, and play of the day, play of the night, really. Uh, I think it's easy to say that my MVP is going to be quiz Watkins. Are you on the same page? Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 No brainer. Play of the day. Also, I think it's probably the second best play of camp. I think you could argue was Quez catching that pass mm-hmm. over Anthony Harris too. I guess Anthony Harris, like pretty good safety, um, on a, on that deep throw from Jalen Hurts. So that really only leaves Jimmy. Who's yeah, your LVP? Tough to single somebody out here
2: in this one. Alex Singleton, someone out? Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough call. I really don't I've really not have. I, yeah, all right, go ahead. Maybe I'll think I've, of one in the meantime. Hakeem Butler. Oh, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> he had multiple drops.
1: And I, you know, this is a very kind of low-hanging fruit <laughs> thing. <Like> I'm picking up <laughs> a guy. Poor Hakeem Butler. I know. Poor Hakeem Butler. But, you know, Jimmy, uh, this kind of pivots to a, a little relevant, tiny talking point is that NFL cuts are different this year. Uh, if people kind of miss that, it was announced earlier this offseason. And that it's it's not like, so it used to be, Once upon a time, like you go from 90 down to 75 or whatever. What do they go to 85, is it? So, yeah, now it's going down um, from 90 to 85. So there'll be a first five cuts. I believe that's on August 17th. I'm double checking my calendar here. Yep. And then on August 24th, a week later, they're going to cut down from 85 to 80. And then they're going to go from eighty to fifty-three on Tuesday, August thirty-first. So I think Hakeem Butler is in jeopardy of being one of the first five gone. And it's it's funny to me because I remember a lot of people liked uh, Hakeem Butler mm-hmm. coming in a, out of out uh, of college. Oh, he was they he was him. a draft Twitter favorite. Oh yeah. I think uh, he he was the
2: the first pick in the fourth round and people were like, that is disgusting that he didn't go in the first two days. Yes.
1: (laughs) If I'm not mistaken, I think Fran, Fran Duffy loved him a lot. And I don't think Fran
2: did. I think Fran was sort of the, uh, he was, he was argumentative on that. He pushed back on, uh, on him being, you know, this star prospect.
1: Well, I wasn't, and by the way, I'm not trying to call out Fran. I respect Fran's opinions a lot, which is why, like, I noted that you know sometimes people get things wrong, but not in that case. Apparently, I think it was Josh Norris then. Maybe I was thinking. I think Josh ja, Norris. He, is really Josh big. Norris
2: loved Hakeem Butler, and Josh yeah. Norris again, like he's another guy that we definitely yes. like and respect. Yeah, yeah, Josh is a is
1: great. Um, so. Not trying to, like, say, like, you're a fool. You idiots. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. It's right. just like, you know, sometimes you like these guys, and, yeah, they're just nothing. I don't think – I just don't think he's, like, anything at the NFL, which is a bummer for him. But, yeah, so he's my LVP. Did you think of one?
2: Yeah, so I'll go – and this is a little unfair maybe, but I'll go with uh, Jack Driscoll, who the team began wow. um, cross-training at guard, like, a day ago, and so that's why it's unfair. <laughs> but, uh, he like, he's – I don't think he's a guard. I don't think you sh- I don't think they should. I, I get why they're, they're cross training him there because, you know, you want your reserves to be able to play multiple positions. And I think he can do that both at left tackle. Like, I think he'd be a good swing tackle. Like you can play left tackle. You play right tackle. But um if they're going to keep Andre Dillard, then as the backup. And then you have Driscoll, who's the backup right tackle. It, le- it sort of limits the number of guys that you can keep that are interior backups. So I get why they want to have him also try to be able to play guard. He played guard in college, as we noted here, but he has not looked good at guard. And that's kind of predictable because like Andre Dillard, like his biggest flaw is... And it's not to the degree that Dillard has this flaw, but he he struggles anchoring uh, against power, and you got to be able to do that playing guard against these bigger uh, interior defensive linemen. And uh, so far, it hasn't been great. I mean, he's had a good camp because I think like he's you know played well uh, in pass protection, particularly at tackle. Um, but yeah, it's just the first couple of days at guard have have not gone well. By the way, let's uh, as long as we are on the uh, cut down to eighty five topic mm-hmm who's your who are your first five cuts
1: so i was actually going through this with yeah, <laughs> yeah, miss, guess. <laughs> mike k on the sideline the other day okay oh, super good. easy because okay. i think some of the obvious cuts are like at positions where they're injured so they kind of might have to like keep some of these people like a little bit longer like like a keem butler even potentially although i think you should just be gone um i had him gone um, you know, like maybe you throw an Andre Patton in there too. Although he's been okay, and they might again, they might just need the bodies. Um, it, it wasn't like super easy. I feel like there has to be like a lineman in there. Um, I was thinking about Casey Tucker potentially, but now he's hurt, well, so maybe they they do just do that. Um, I don't know. This probably
2: isn't super compelling. Do you have any, <laughs> any names that are obvious to you? Yeah. So my, I was just writing them down here as you were talking. I'm going to go with uh, Elijah Holyfield. Uh, yeah. Jamon Osbon. No, uh, disagree. Yeah, you think he sticks? He's been yeah, pretty bad super young. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, disagree. He's been I fine. haven't seen anything out of him. Uh Butler, uh would make my list. Jaquan Bailey, uh pass rusher. I don't think he's I disagree much. with that too. Yeah, okay. I some juice. And uh I would say uh Kevon Seymour. Corner. Mm, I think Kevon
1: sticks too. I had Obi down, Obi Melfonu. Yeah, there. that's
2: probably a good that's probably a good pick.
1: All right, we'll see. The very riveting, the first five cuts, (laughs) which we'll get in eight days from when we're recording this on Thursday morning. Uh, Jimmy, any final thoughts before we wrap up here?
2: Uh, No, let's uh, move it along. I have a long day ahead of me. I got to drive back down the shore. Uh, Fun times with my daughter. Um, But yeah, uh, looking back, looking, looking to get back to the practice field on Tuesday.
1: Yes. The Eagles return to practice on Tuesday morning, another 10 a.m. start time. And then they will have off, well, they'll have a walkthrough. So, they are they have a walkthrough today on Monday as we're recording this. And they have a walkthrough again uh, on Wednesday. we got a
2: game oh, on Thursday. We have a
1: preseason game on Thursday. So, very exciting at the link. St- the Stillers are coming to town. Uh, so, we'll see how that goes. Steve Nelson, revenge game, even though he probably won't be playing a ton. Uh, yeah. So, that's what's up next. Uh, for now, this has been BGN Radio episode 20- 203. And I meant to say that shout out to the fighting fills once again. Jimmy eight in a row. Zach mm. Wheeler dominant performance, potentially on his way to a Cy Young award.
2: And also Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, hot. yeah. Imagine like Bryce Harper MVP and the Cy and Young on a team that like <laughs> that like is is very annoying,
1: like yeah. very frustrating to watch at times. So once again, check out the good fight with the PH. Uh, for your, all your Phillies, Philadelphia Phillies coverage, it's exciting. It was really exciting to see the Phillies kind of back in first place, and there's some juice down at Citizens Bank Park. So very fun to see. Check them out. Follow along with them there. Um, follow us at BleedingGreenNation.com for your Eagles coverage. Jimmy and I touched on, uh, or Jimmy touched on Jack Driscoll there. I have some more offensive line uh, notes in my notes. I'm sure Jimmy might have some on his as well at PhillyVoice.com. Follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowden. Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemski. We keep it simple. Follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. So when you see, so you can see when the new podcasts are posted, we tweet them out. Follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green. Give me a follow on Instagram. Why not? At Brandon Gatton as well. Because why not do that as well? Check out Righteous Felon, Craft Jerky, Righteous Felon.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Same discount code at WildNaturePet.com for 15% off. Dog treats. Call Kristen Roach, for Realtors to buy a house or rent or sell or whatever you coward and until next time jimmy
2: goodbye everybody p g n